All right, we're going to continue in, uh, for, with today's scripture, which comes from Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. I just, I feel like, you know, when you have a especially good time of prayer, you just, just got to say, woo! Anywho, Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. Uh, we're going to read that in the ESV. And so we encourage you to find that if you've got a Bible app or if you have your own Bible, but we will also project it. It's going to look like this. Uh, So again, it's Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. All right, may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus." And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. All right. So, we have come to the end of our summer series, Thriving in the Pandemic. And we have been talking about during this time, how do we not just skate by or survive in times such as this? But can we truly thrive? That has been uh, what, what we are aiming for, right? And maybe in many ways, we, we've seen this picture before uh, throughout the series, a picture of a, a, a tree planted by streams of water that is bearing its fruit in season, that is nice and green, and it's got luscious leaves, right? It's not withered, it's healthy, it's growing, it's strong, it's supported, it's grounded, right? This is what we want. And in many ways, maybe this is our end goal. But maybe for many of us, we wonder, well, when is that going to be exactly? You know, in many ways, what we've been going through right now, it just feels like this one prolonged period, you know, one prolonged week that just keeps repeating again and again and again. And maybe we wonder, how long? When? You know, it's it's nice and good to talk about these things theoretically, right? When when things will be better, but how long? But for us, I, I feel like, you know, we're not just talking about the circumstance. Uh, kind of what we've been talking about during this sermon series is thinking that we can thrive in Christ. Because if God is always here, right, then we always have the opportunity to thrive in Christ, to grow in Christ. But maybe that hasn't been your reality yet. And so you may be wondering, well, when? When is that going to happen? So, brothers and sisters, in response to that, um, there is this verse. It's a very famous verse, um, a really good one, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, we had this leadership uh, workshop this past week, and uh, David Beck, who is uh, our, our youth leader, 
and uh, overall awesome guy, popped into the stream, and someone kind of like half-jokingly asked him, what, what's your favorite Bible verse? And this is the Bible verse that he, he read, uh, not knowing that, what well, he actually recited it by heart, but uh, not knowing that it, I was going to preach on this, but it, it's a verse that's very encouraging. You know, he, he was saying it to new leaders, uh, or, or some of the people uh, in, in that uh, workshop were new leaders. And, and that's an encouraging word if you're a new leader, right? It's an encouraging word for, for anyone. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, th- there's a song that, this, uh, that, that was based on this verse that when I was in Korea, um, they used to sing this song every week. So just kind of a little bit of background. Uh, so in Korean churches, oftentimes, uh, they'll have like a time of blessing, especially for new people, and they'll have a song of blessing which I think is really cool. At least the concept of it is, is cool. But when I was in Korea and I was visiting churches, when I was new, it was kind of like either like awkward or even like, sorry if this sounds weird or insulting, but borderline creepy because what would happen is they would sing you a song and usually people would, would like, they would put their hands out like this and they'd smile, you know? And, and a lot of churches, they make you stand up and so you're the only one standing up. If you're the only one there, and then there's like a hundred people just looking at you and smiling, and then they sing a song, right? Smiling the whole time. And you're just like, you know, especially like, like I, I didn't know the song, so I was just like, you know, okay, cool. I, I saw another church, you know, like, like I, I give them credit. They were trying to make it less awkward. So what they did was everyone else stood, but you stayed stand, uh, seated. That was even worse because they're kind of looking down at you while singing the song. But at, at this church that I went to, uh, it was called Onidi, uh, I went to the English ministry. And what they did was they sang a song. It was all in English, um, but everyone stood. And so it was just kind of like singing it to each other. So you didn't feel as awkward, which I liked. But they sang this song, and I was like kind of debating going back and forth. I know some people like like kind of like half complain when I sing a song in service, but you aren't here in person, so hey, I'm going to do it. <laughs> it goes like this. He who began a good work in you. I think it repeats. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I started too high. Will be faithful to complete it. He who started the work will be faithful to complete it in you. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to respond. That's fine. <laughs> I know, I know. So stunning. All right, no more singing, I promise, till next week. But uh, so, but this idea, right, of singing the song, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Or in the song version, who, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in you, in Christ. And and this 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 word, I think, was so encouraging. I mean, you know, just imagine, you know, when you, you go to a church for the first time, maybe some people are brand new in their faith. You know, they, they really are, are just beginning the faith journey. They, they may not even know they're beginning the faith journey. But no matter where you are, may, maybe you've been to many churches before. Maybe you, you've been in church all along. Maybe you're, you're at that point in your faith where you're a little disgruntled. But hearing this word, I am sure of this. I know 100% that he who began that good work in you, right, began that good work in you. Remember, we've been talking about 
growing things, green things, you know, planting seeds. You know, he who, who planted that seed in you, that seed will grow. It will grow. And it will become that healthy tree. Mm. It's a good word, isn't it? Right? But maybe there's a word in there that is maybe equal parts exciting and good and encouraging, but also equal parts frustrating. And that word maybe is will. He will. He will bring it to completion on, at the day of Jesus Christ. And by the way, we got to look at that, at the day of Jesus Christ. Well, when is that exactly? The day of, of, of Christ is under, well, you know, there's some theological debate about what that is. Is that kind of like the end times? Is that when Jesus comes again? Or is that maybe some kind of unspecified, you know, there's going to be many days of Christ, <laughs> you know, when Jesus shows up and does some awesome things or brings some things to completion? We don't really know. But what we also don't know is when that's going to be. We don't know when the day of Christ is. You know, and so maybe, you know, you hear these things like, you know, coronavirus will be over. Will. That's a nice thought, right? But when? Things will get better. And it's a good thought, right? The opposite of that is depression. <laughs> the opposite of that is despair. Things will never get better. Mm, that's not good. Right? So knowing that things will get better is very encouraging. But maybe it's very frustrating because you're like, okay, but I feel like we're waiting forever. Right? When? How long will it take? You know, and brothers and sisters, I just have to be honest about that. That, you know, th- this is one of the challenges is to say that we don't really know. And brothers and sisters, the, the Bible and, and throughout Scripture, Jesus himself was very wary of giving people exact dates. Have you noticed that? You know, he talks about like, you know, um, that God will come, he'll come again like a thief in the night. Nobody knows the day or the hour. You guys remember those Scriptures? You know, and, and it's like, Jesus, you're Jesus. Couldn't you just tell us? Come on, give us a hint. And sometimes he would give like hints, but they were like pretty vague. You know, and, and so no one really knows. People have tried. I mean, right? Like, there's so many like doomsday cults and whatever, and they're like, "Jesus is coming. We know the date." And it's like, did you not read that scripture? Like, he's very clear. No one will know, right? Like, like, like it's 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 not to be for you to know exactly when. Why? Is it Jesus just being cute? I, I don't think so. I think there's a reason for this. And, and let, let, me, let me try to, um, yeah, you, you know, I don't know for sure, but I'll, I'll just give you what I think. I think that if Jesus gave you an exact date, then we would all put that in our calendars and we would trust in that date, right? And, and it's like, well, okay, then I have no need to trust in God anymore because I have a date, right? I know exactly when. And by Jesus not giving us a date, by us not knowing exactly when things will happen in your life, then you have to trust in something else, right? Not the date, but you have to trust well in God, right? Not just in God, 
but in the faithful character of God. So what are we saying here, right? I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ, right? What are you sure of? You're sure of the completion, but not just that. You're sure of who God is, right? You're sure that he began a good work. It's a good work, not a bad work. So he's a good God. He's a faithful God, right? You, you are convinced that God is faithful. And because God is faithful, then he will bring it to completion. But what about every time in between? You know what? God's still faithful. God is still good. Amen? Amen? God is good. What do we say? All the time. Not just when we feel like things are going well. Not just when we get what we want. He is good all the time. He is faithful all the time. I mean, there are so many people, so many saints throughout the ages who cling to this promise. I mean, there are people who are literally being tortured for the gospel. There are people who are imprisoned for the gospel. There are people who, like Paul himself, shipwrecked and stoned and imprisoned and persecuted. And they knew this. They knew that God was still faithful. They knew that God was still good. And so you get Paul. (laughs) It sounds kind of crazy to some of us who put our confidence in dates, who put our confidence in what we can understand and what we can see. Then this is crazy. This is crazy talk. But not for Paul. Because if you believe God is always faithful, God is always here, God is always good, then you can rejoice all the time. And that's exactly what Paul did. He's rejoicing all the time. You can be encouraged all the time, right? But brothers and sisters, one of the things that I know, I know this, and maybe you know this too, is that sounds great in principle. And maybe there are times, you know, after Sunday or, or, you know, you get this reminder of the faithfulness and goodness of God, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is good. God is good, and you're encouraged. But maybe just as you go on in life, that just starts to peter out, right? And it is not that God stopped being faithful. It's that we are forgetful. And the way that our minds work is that we pay attention to novel information, right? We kind of tune out things that we think we already know. We're like, oh, yeah, yeah, God is faithful. Yeah, 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 whatever. But coronavirus, all this other stuff, unrest, injustice, right? my future, the economy, all this stuff, it seems to be much more real than the reality of the faithfulness of God. And so, brothers and sisters, not only is God faithful, but we have a way of trying to remember that. And you know what way God has given us for that? Look around. Well, okay. Not actually look around, because some of you all all are in bed, (laughs) you know. 
Maybe you're sitting outside on your patio. It's a nice day today, by the way. Uh, You know, but friends, God has given us the church. We are meant to be the reminder of the faithfulness of God to each other. In fact, that's actually how this passage begins. Paul says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. I remember you. God remembers you. (laughs) Maybe you don't remember, but I remember. I remember you. Always in every prayer of mine for you, for you all. Making my prayer with joy. There's that word again. He's rejoicing. He thinks about the Philippians, his his brothers and sisters in Christ, and it makes Paul smile when he remembers them. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So, you know, the the Philippians, as far as we can tell, have been faithful from the first day until now. But what about the future? What's the future hold? Do you ever worry about that? You're like, okay, I'm trying to follow Christ, but I see so many people who seem to fall away. Maybe I will fall away too. Maybe, you know, like like I'm just kind of like, holding it together, maybe barely holding it together during this time. I don't know how long I can hold on, Pastor Steve. I don't know how long I can hold on to this faith. But this is where Paul drops it. That word, that good word. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, God was faithful then. Up until now, and he will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. God was faithful then. God is faithful now. God will forever be faithful. That's what Paul is saying. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. I hold you in my heart. Even though maybe you have started to lose some of that hold on your own faith, Paul is holding on to them. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So this is, uh, uh, I think, kind of interesting because I think you think about imprisonment and I just kind of think of that as being like the loneliest place in the world, right? Paul by himself, either house arrest or in a jail cell. And he's just there. He can't go anywhere. He can't do anything. He can't see anyone. Maybe some of you are like, yeah, amen, brother. (laughs) You know, that's all of us, right? Just stuck. You're just stuck. But he says, no, you are all partakers with me in the gospel, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. There are times when people are, are persecuting me and I got to stand up for the gospel and no one else understands. And, you know, maybe there's even angry crowds who are yelling at me. You're there with me. You're a partaker with me in that. You're a partaker with me in my imprisonment. Paul is not alone. Not really. He says, for God is my witness and how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. There is something greater that binds them together. And he says, and and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I mean, just imagine Paul. You know, he has been living for Christ for decades. And he has been trying to run this race. And it has landed him in prison. And maybe for some people, we might wonder, God, how could you let that happen? I followed you. I was faithful to you. And this is my thanks. I end up in prison. How long, God? I thought you were going to be faithful to me. But you give, you give us COVID? You, you, you give us this situation that's so difficult? Which, by the way, I mean, you know, there's some theological assumptions we're making in there. There's a lot of things that led to this. I don't know that God is making us do anything, but we're here. And I do believe that God is in the midst of all this. As God was in the midst of what Paul was doing, Paul had this faith, this trust, this confidence. I know that God is good still. I live for a world that is not the world that I see and touch. Even if I die in prison, which he most likely did, die in some form of imprisonment. I know this is not the end. I know that God is still good. And the work of the gospel still goes on. It's beyond me. It's not just about me. And by the way, from everything that I saw, Paul had joy. He had great joy. Even in a situation that most of us would look at objectively and say, how could you? How could you be happy in that situation? How could you be content? How could you have faith? But Paul does. And you know why? I mean, because he knows that God is faithful, but also he is not alone. He's not alone in this. He feels connected to all those other saints. All the, the, the different churches he visited, all the people that where he planted the church, there's some places where he didn't even plant the church, but he feels connected to them too. And Paul didn't have the internet. Paul didn't have a smartphone. Paul didn't have instant messages. And Paul didn't have texting or phone calls or Zoom or Skype. But Paul felt connected. And it was almost like he, he, he felt, you know, I can feel your prayers. I can feel your partnership. And you know what? I'm praying for you too. Brothers and sisters, I think what is so important during this time, yes, we got to know that God is faithful. But I think we do that by being faithful to one another. And when we do that, and when we pray for each other, and when we try to hold each other in our hearts, you know, it's almost like when I start to slip, when I start to fall, someone else is holding me fast, right? I'm going to remember you. I'm going to remember your faith even when you don't remember. And on the sake of that remembrance, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to remind you, and I'm going to need you to do that for me. Right? It's not easy to live in this world, especially when you think you're alone. It's the hardest part, right? If Paul were really alone in that jail cell, I think he would lose faith. I think he would despair. But Paul knew that he wasn't. He was connected by something so much greater, by one another. Friends, that's why we have church. I mean, isn't that like the perfect metaphor? I mean, you know, perfect comparison to our times? Where was Paul's church? 
I know a lot of us are, are bemoaning the fact that we can't meet together in person. Neither could Paul. He couldn't meet those people in person. He longed for the day. And we know by history, some of those people he would never get to see again, at least not on this plane, at least not on this earth. But he would see them again. He knew. He knew that he would. So Paul's church was universal. It was out there, right? They were connected by something so much greater, as you and I are. Friends, even though we can't meet in person, we are still the church. Can I get an amen? I need an amen. Amen. We are still the church. We can still pray for one another. We can still be faithful to one another. In fact, we are called to do that. One of the problems, I think, of contemporary faith is that we think it's a, a, a solo race. We think it's a, a solo adventure, right? Like, like you just do it on your own, by yourself. There's some people who, who will ask me from time to time, because we have made faith so in, individualized, you know, we, we think if I personally believe in Jesus, then I go to heaven, right? The rest of you all, good luck, but I get to go to heaven. You know, we made it so individualized. And by the way, I mean, there's many, many passages in scripture. We read it in English and it says you, you, you. And we think it's talking about us as an individual, but it's not. The you is plural. It was always meant for the church. God doesn't just want to just save one person. It was always meant to be a group thing. But I understand there are many of us, we just think it's just us. That's it. It's a solo thing. But even sports that seem to be just like a solo thing, like, like think about like the ultimate kind of like solo sport, running, right? So actually what they found is that the best way to run, if, if for performance-wise, is to run with other people. A- any of you all run? Uh, you, you probably know this an- anecdotally, but people did studies which... I'm like, did you really need to do a study for this? But they found that even elite-level runners do not slow down as much. Their pace keeps at a higher level when they run in a pack, right? It's almost like when you're running by yourself, it's so easy to get discouraged on your own, right? When you're the only one running and you're like, you know what? If I stop for a water break or I just go and rest under this tree, who's going to care, right? I'm just going to slow down, whatever. Today's hard. But when you have other people who are running with you, they're like, come on, man. Come on, you can do it. You can do it. You know, it, it, it kind of picks you up. And it, it reminded me as I was thinking about that, that example, you know, that we are not running a race alone. But what if, what if on that race you stumble? What if on that race you get hurt? I want to show you a video. Um, it's a very, very famous video. I've seen it before, but maybe you have too. But I think it's worth watching again. And uh, in this video, you're going to see an Olympic runner in the Olympics. It's a semifinal of the 400 meter heat of um, it's the 400 meter uh, semifinal. And Derek Redmond is from Britain. He's Britain's uh, record holder for the 400 meter race, he, he had a chance to medal in this event. Um, and this was, is from 1992 in, uh, in Barcelona. 
And uh, you'll see Derek Redmond uh, in the early part of this race, he gets hurt. He pulls a hamstring. Very, very painful. Um, and most people would not be able to finish the race at that point. We're going to see what happens. Let's watch the video right now. So we see um, when Derek Redmond gets hurt, you know, someone comes up and helps him up and helps carry him to the finish line. And that was uh, Jim Redmond, Derek's father. And uh, you know, there are many times where we stumble in this race. It gets tough. You know, there might be times where we stumble and we fall. We just don't know if we can go. We just don't know if we can continue. And I think in those moments, brothers and sisters, God desperately wants you to know you are not alone. The Father wants to come and prop you up and carry you 
we have been talking uh, this whole time about how do we thrive in the pandemic. And, you know, if, if you look at the, the picture here that we've been using uh, as the graphic for the series, you know, you'll notice that um, that little plant, it's not just growing on its own, right? There is a hand that, that, that is, is tending it. That, that it needs help, right? We have listened for far too long to this world that tells you, you got to do it on your own. You're, you're, you're on your own, buddy. You got to figure it out. No one's here to help you. Mm. Nobody makes it on their own. It's a lie, right? It's, it's, I don't know what it is. Our egos think we need to do it on our own, but nobody makes it on their own. You're not meant to do faith as a solo venture. You know, we are meant to have the help of our fellow brothers and sisters, right? I mean, God is the one, ultimately, the one who makes you grow. God is the one who will never stop being faithful. But even, you know, for ourselves, we forget that. We're we're forgetful people. And so we need reminders. We need people to help us in this. And so, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. I want to take a moment. Again, I want to just take a look at the scripture. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Which means none of us are complete. We're going to try to bless one another, but this is the part that is, is kind of like, you know, you hear a message like this, and it sounds great in theory, but in practice, we're all a little incomplete. None of us have all our stuff together. And it's one of the great disappointments people have in the church is when the church isn't fully the church. You know, we might be thinking, well, Pastor Steve, no one called me. Right? No one reached out to me. Right? And, and, and we, we get mad and frustrated because we, we feel like the church has failed. Friends, brothers and sisters, there is only one who is perfectly perfect and perfectly faithful, and that is Jesus Christ. Rest of us, we're trying. We've got to show grace to each other in this journey. What's maybe more accurate is Derek Redmond out there hobbling on that, that hamstring and someone else hobbling on their hamstring coming up, you know, or someone who's got a bum arm or somebody who's got a head injury and we come up to each other and we're all hobbling together, you know. Maybe that's more accurate of what the church is. I hope that wasn't too loud when I was jumping up and down just now. But friends, we're going to do this imperfectly. And I'm going to need you. I'm going to ask you uh, to show a lot of grace to one another. For those of you in LGM, I know we have not been perfect to each other. Can you forgive? Can you forgive me for not being a perfect pastor who's perfectly faithful to you? Can you forgive yourself for not being a, a perfect brother and sister to other people? And if we can stand in that forgiveness together, I think we have the chance to start something new. So friends, don't think about what you you did in the past or didn't do. Today's a new day, right? When you run a race, it makes no sense to run around, right? To to go backwards, to look back and, oh no, what did I do over here? Where did I go wrong? Where did I stumble? No, man, look ahead. Keep going. Keep going, right? And so... All we have is this new day. All we have is right now. And so right now, I want to encourage you to do something. Could you do this for me? Or for each other? (laughs) 
I want to encourage you. It doesn't have to be these words, but maybe, you know, because sometimes I tell people, hey, can you go bless someone right now? And we don't really know how to do that. But maybe what you can do is just take this scripture verse right here. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Is there someone that God is putting on your heart? Maybe it's someone in our ministry. Maybe it's someone uh, in your family. Maybe it's someone that you haven't talked to for a while. Maybe it's someone who goes to another church or lives in another city. It doesn't matter. Another country. But maybe there's someone who needs to be reminded of this truth. You know what? God ain't done with you. God is faithful, and he will bring it to completion. Would you, maybe in faith, again, this is not a legalistic thing, only if you want to, but uh, maybe in faith, even if you don't feel like doing it, you can just do it in faith. Uh, Can you just text this verse to somebody, message someone, and then just let them know I'm praying for you, and actually pray for them? Bless them. Could we do that? Could we hold each other in our hearts? I'm serious. Do this right now. I'll give you a moment. Or maybe put it in your schedule. Maybe you can start the message. Maybe you don't want to do it right now. You want to give it more thought? I'm serious. I'll give you guys a second. Come on. Grab that phone. Open up the texting. Maybe, do you ever just go to the list and you're like, who have you been in contact with lately? Who's not on this list? Maybe it's somebody you've kind of felt bad for not reaching out to them. You're forgiven in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, right? That, that guilt, that shame, it ain't going to do nothing for you. It's just going to tie you to the past, and, and you're not going to do it, right? Because you're ashamed. You're like, oh, but the only reason I'm doing it is because Pastor Steve's telling me. Who cares? Right? It can still be a genuine thing that you do just because someone else prompted you and reminded you, right? Could we just do that in faith? As you're doing that, um, could I just ask the priest to come up? Oh, I, I think they might be doing it too. I'll give you guys a moment. Uh, why don't we just pray? And then while I'm praying, when you guys are done, you guys can come up. Cool? All right. I'd like to pray for you. And I'd like to pray for whoever you are messaging right now. And if you could just multitask, you can continue to write that message, and I'll just pray for you as you're doing that. Is that cool? God, just, uh, Lord, thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are the Father who comes and picks us up when we fall. Thank you, God, that you have not given up on us, even when we just so consistently fail. God, we have indicted ourselves. We have felt guilty. We have felt worthless. But you do not see us that way. Your verdict is, this is my child. I have begun a good work in them, and I will not stop being faithful to them. God, I thank you for this congregation who are trying to be faithful to one another just as people are messaging each other or as, as, as those thoughts are, are being, starting to coalesce into action, into an actual message, into an actual prayer. God, I pray that you help them to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't do it to prove anything to anyone, God. Everything has been proven on the cross. We don't need to prove that we're a good Christian because we send a text message. We don't need to prove that. We just want to bless them. 
God, because we know we all need that kind of help. We want to be the kind of blessing as we desire to be blessed. We want to love as we are loved. God, and when we do that, Lord, we know that your faithfulness, your love, your grace is able to flow, not just in our life, but in the lives of our friends, our brothers and sisters in Christ, our church, and on into the community, and on into the state, and on into the nation, and on into the world, and it will never end. May this house be a blessing to the nations. May our lives, may our prayers, may our faith be a blessing to the nations. I pray this over each and every one of you, that you may be blessed, you may be encouraged. God is faithful. He will never stop being faithful. He will make a way. Nothing is impossible for Christ. May you hold that in your hearts and bring that to all those that you touch and encounter this day and always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Will you worship with us? You.